1: Hello
0: Kristen Ray Harrington what is going on how you doing
1: I just want to welcome everyone to summer
0: summer is here
1: it's we're a few days in now and we've really been we've been kind of marking off the calendar day by day how many days in the summer we are is that our way of savoring it do you think
0: it's it feels pretty good to say we're on day whatever five what are we on now not even that many day three four
1: It's kind of like when you go on vacation and you have So many days and you're keeping track. Like my favorite day of vacation is usually day two because you've done all the hard travel stuff, but you're at the very beginning of what will be an epic experience.
0: Day three, I think, is even better.
1: So where we are with summer, given it's longer than our typical vacation, we're just in the sweet spot right now. Just easing our way in, taking things. Actually, everything's at warp speed for us with our work, but... We try to keep things slow and sit in the sun.
0: Lots of recording I'm doing here. You're doing lots of creating down at the gallery. We're doing our first ever show at the gallery with young Jackson Weldon.
1: Very excited. And Jackson has been just cooperative, on board, positive. He's excited for his first ticketed show happening July 20th at the gallery.
0: Yeah, he's just just a 19-year-old pup, but he's uh yeah, he's got some great songs and he's an old soul with just uh, a really cool vibe.
1: Well, and really today's guest is a, such an example of somebody we met that we felt had a great vibe. And ended up inviting them very spontaneously, not only to come record a podcast, but to come have bacon and eggs for breakfast with yeah. us. He just gave us that feeling where we wanted to spend more time with him.
0: Yeah, so I'd never met Brandon Scott Friel, say his full name there. That's what he goes by as an artist. In real life, But we had played an online open mic together. And I saw that uh, he was coming out east and... He had actually reached out to see if I was able to jump on a couple gigs with him, but I was busy. And I said, you got to come over, check out my wife's new gallery. I'm just hanging out there all summer, writing songs and having a good time uh, on the beach. He said, that sounds like a good time. So, so he had played in Mahone Bay the night before, which is like a half hour away. And, uh. I told him, drive up the coast. I don't think he figured out how to get on the coast, but he, uh, he, he drove on the highway, got to where we were and we met him there in person. And it was funny, like 10 minutes into the conversation, I was like, shit, we should have asked you to be a podcast guest. Like, wait a second. Do you want to be a podcast (laughs) guest right now? We
1: can ask you this. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you
0: can come over at this exact moment if you have time. And we'll, we'll make it work.
1: We had errands to run, too. So we went through this. Well, why don't you just take our keys and we'll meet you at the house? And he's from Ontario. Not that that matters, but I think he was a little taken aback by just us free fall. Just go to our house, help yourself, and we'll be home whenever. And he's like, okay.
0: <laughs> but yeah, he, he's a musician on tour, and uh, he was able to come by. He had the, the a day off that day, and we just happened to have a kind of free slot ourselves. So we, we fit it in and I I love the conversation. Like he's just a really cool dude, great songs, really talented and works in the music industry. Just all music. He's either teaching or performing or, uh, yeah, just, just putting his songs out there in some capacity.
1: He was so natural in this interview and, it's made me think about the raw, organic nature of the unexpected. So this was last minute. We hadn't sent him any type of preparation. Not that we really do with our guests, but we at least say these are some of the themes we kind of talk about. Yeah. But he was completely oblivious to, well, who I was, certainly. and
0: Well, he didn't, he didn't know we had a podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, he didn't so... even <laughs> know we had a podcast,
1: much less what we were going to ask about yeah. or typically talk about. But... I I really liked how real it ended up being because of that. So he he was awesome.
0: Yeah, and it was his first ever podcast he's done. So
1: Yeah, and he's got a new album coming out in September that we talk about. So definitely keep your eyes on this talent, and we hope to have him back on the East Coast.
0: Yeah, he's uh, finishing up his tour, heading back to Ontario, and then going out West to do a West Coast tour, I think, when the album comes out. So
1: Yeah, he's covering the, the whole country.
0: Yeah, and he he talks a bit about his I think he does about his uh, how he teaches songwriting and guitar. Mm-hmm. It's pretty pretty interesting how he he dives into the intention of what you're you're trying to accomplish and using that as a way to get to the end goal.
1: He's a well-rounded musician
0: for sure. Huh. Well, should we just jump right into it?
1: Yes, we should. Enjoy, everyone. I hope it's a hot sunny day for you we are getting quite a bit of rain here in Nova Scotia or in Halifax at least but we are in summer get the sunscreen on get the beach ball out the water wings and have yourself a time
0: here we go folks Brennan Scott Friel from Windsor Ontario great fella and a great conversation
2: Which is so funny. I've used the Great River interface before too, and they're so great. So it's just that's so random that you just
1: well you must have met some random people ourselves included today yeah. on your travel like right so now, far yes yeah, like absolutely this is real time just meeting somebody <laughs>
0: <laughs> tell us your life story yeah <laughs>
2: well it started when I was born no tell uh, us
1: your first middle and last name to start <laughs> any nicknames we should call you by
2: yeah just just Brendan is great I go by the, the three which I feel like sometimes can be pretentious does it feel pretentious I do well I do Michael Stephen Ryan what? oh a... so you get it, yeah. yeah. I because I, people will then be like, "Hello, Brendan Scott Freel," and they say it in a way that I'm like, "Oh no, are you? Should I not do that?"
0: Yeah. <laughs> I people, I think it's more just having a last name that can also be a first name for me. They they don't like that. Uh, like Michael Ryan confuses people. Which are you? Are you Michael? Or are you Ryan? Yeah, got it, it. People, I often get called Ryan, or and then when the three names get tossed in there, it's just a. Uh, yeah a clusterfuck yeah it's <laughs> right. no that's other it.
1: way to say it
0: that's it that's you it.
1: opted for the michael s ryan we had a pretty extensive conversation crea- about yeah. where to like where should this land here for and the where did aim? you land you well, did, my, you my soul, three,
0: right? well my solo
1: project
0: you? name is, m- is, this? is michael s ryan and my uh my writing name is michael s ryan oh okay yeah. okay all right i got gotcha. you mm-hmm. i got gotcha. you
2: that's that's what i was trying to discern and I played around with the idea when I went solo of like, do I do like passenger where, you, you know, you just come up with something a word that's, yeah. that is you. Uh, but then that's a whole other conversation. Bony or
0: something.
2: That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. But there's another conversation. And I was like, I think it's the purest just to be like, that's my full name. That's exactly yeah. who I am. Yeah. Birth certificate. You can find me.
1: I like that too. That was my decision-making process, even for an artist. because yeah. a lot of artists right. and certainly galleries come up with this more creative name. Of course, yeah. But I, I people, I think like to know who you are as well. Right. So yeah, it creates a mystery if you're a passenger. That, but exactly. then they're also like, so what's your name? And maybe they forget. Yeah. And there's something nice about being known for yeah who, yeah, who you Just are. Just your
2: name. It's so simple. It's enough. It's so very very simple. Yeah. Yes. So I, I I agree with that direction. Hopefully yeah. it's right.
0: And you are on tour from I Windsor, am. Ontario. First time in the East Coast. How's first. it going?
2: Um, it's been lovely, to yeah. say the least. It's uh, yeah. I came out and uh, I was a little surprised at first as I was hitting the gigs that they're, yeah. It's it, it was kind of like I had venues in mind or something, and then they were restaurants. And I, and every gig I would go in, and I'm like, they're gonna hate me here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not. I don't do any of the covers, and especially like I don't know a lot of like. The music scene's really big out here, and I don't know the stan- like the standards, I think, that are like East Coast standards to play. Right. So I thought I was going to get eaten alive. And everyone has been so kind and really accepting of me showing up and playing my own songs they've never heard before.
1: And mm-hmm. never been in Nova Scotia.
2: Never been in Nova Scotia. Wow.
1: And you drove out here solo?
2: It's all on my lonesome. I drove out here. Uh, it was a two-day drive because I started in Fredericton. I started in New Brunswick. Uh, for the festival out there. And um, yeah, so I just, I got in the car and and just made the trek myself. Got to listen to whatever I wanted to. Yeah. Got to, the only p stops were mine. And yeah. I, I kind of like that. So the, get probably
1: innovation. half of what it might be oh, if you had Oh, uh, at
2: least <laughs> half, I would say. Yeah, for sure. I, I made good time. Made really, really good time, to say the least.
0: So you're one of the only guests where we never really got to... Look at a little bit of information about who you are. <laughs> like we know, no we, research. No we know, research. We here. know you're a musician yep. from, from Windsor. So far, so and good. And I have great songs, great oh, singer, you. great guitar player. And uh, we lear- learned today that you teach guitar yeah. and also songwriting to people, but you're kind of a, a blank canvas for us you know <laughs> that's right that's we, right yeah we, uh, we can learn we can learn a lot right now you I could guess. maybe
1: we should start by revealing how you even <laughs> yeah, arrived that's a good at our point actually today. right why i'm here because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the two of you at least had some connection yeah correct
0: we played a virtual open mic together right. during uh, covid those dark mm-hmm. days okay so. A virtual open mic that our mutual friend Andrew McLeod was hosting Beauty. in Windsor, but he eventually branched out to have people from essentially all over mm-hmm. performing. And uh, we, I guess, we played a night or two together. I can't remember. I think um, it was only the one night. It was one, yeah, um, but I just remember really enjoying your set.
2: And like reaching yeah, out likewise. to Andrew after and being like, what's the deal? What's the deal with that
0: guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you were out on tour this way and yeah. you, uh, you reached out to me. In panic. You, In had panic a, you had a three hour set to play and didn't well, know, didn't know me, if you. <laughs> yeah. So the the guy who booked it for me, a very,
2: very kind man. Um, and he had this nice spreadsheet and it would have like show, like 7 to 11 and I was like okay cool like that's the show that the hours the show exists for so there'll be other acts and it won't but it's like no I'm playing 7 to 11 (laughs) and once that clicked way too late (laughs) (laughs) once I'm out here (laughs) then I was like panicking and I had a panicky day at the Billets house emailing anyone I could think of every venue being like could you play do you know someone who can play I'm freaking out so that's how I reached out yeah, to you. It yeah. does moment. feel like
1: a scary amount of time to hold down the fort.
2: It's a lot, but I figured it out since, by the way. It's okay. all, all is good. I've got my, my sets, my ducks in a row, I think.
1: And, and are you doing the full, yeah. the full meal deal? I'm nice. doing them all. Good I'm doing them all. I had to
2: go into my, dig a little deeper into my back catalog. The to uh, vault. <laughs> that's right. You've
1: grounded yourself then. Grounded
2: myself. Now don't, you know, if you're at any of these, don't, uh. Don't listen too closely to the words of the covers
0: <laughs> no, one, no one ever gets them right. I don't anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes me feel better. But uh so you reached out to yeah, Benin, yeah. and I'm like, Yeah, I've I'm pretty busy myself working mm-hmm. on all of some songwriting projects. Oh, you only got and, what, you know, seventy five songs. Seventy five songs I'm writing. And <laughs> but you said, Yeah, I'm in my home Bay this night. I'm like, Oh, well, actually where I'm hanging out working on the songs is pretty much right around the corner. So you decide to stop in to Togetherland Art Gallery. Yeah. Beautiful space. Beautiful space. Congratulations, you guys. Thank you. Thanks a bunch. Kristen really brought some life into that space. Hell yeah.
1: It's a work in progress, but it's funny that we met there or we came Mm. together there because this really just embodies the whole idea of the gallery is having these chance encounters. And we got talking with you and kind of had this moment of, wait a minute, we (laughs) should go back to the house and do a podcast interview because that's kind of how we just naturally now talk with people. Like we've developed this curiosity, especially meeting artists Mm -hmm. and you're a touring artist on the road, which Mike at least would understand what that life brings. So sure. It's, it's really cool to just. So we left from the gallery, came back, yeah. had some bacon and eggs, and here we are. Yeah. Sitting so down.
0: We're sitting We're <laughs> sitting around at the gallery, and I'm like, this guy's a musician on tour, makes his living as a musician, has a very <laughs> interesting story. Why don't we just transfer this conversation where we can have some bacon and eggs and then sit around some microphones? That's yeah. right. It's
2: the same conversation we would have just ended up having there for a little while longer. Exactly. Exactly. I have microphones, and I'm well fed,
0: which I very appreciate. So so that's thank, great. Thank yeah. you. Yeah that (laughs) so let's bring this back as far as we can go you're born in windsor (laughs) yes so
2: um uh my siblings were born in england and ireland uh, and i'm the only uh, the the canadian boy of the group uh so we would go every summer to visit my family in ireland and england yeah and uh my uncle played in a Kaylee band and I remember that like was a formative musical experience because, yeah. you know, you could be a kid and go to the pubs there and watch live music. And I remember just like the fascination of of seeing the whole room just fixated on what he was making with his band. And there's something I was like, yeah, I want to be on that side of yeah. that experience. And I to the point where I'd full, he played accordion. And I'd fold up a piece of paper into a little mini accordion (laughs) Uh, and I'd like sit next to, like try and sit next to the stage so people could see me. I was a detention wanting kid, annoying ass kid. (laughs) Uh, And I would play the little fake accordion and that was kind of like, that's... Where just, I think the love hit me first. The first bite was was going back there every year. How old
0: were you at that point?
2: Uh, I went like when I was a baby, like we went every single year after I was born to go see the family. That's where all my cousins are and everything. Um. It's so
1: nice to be able to look back and have such a distinct memory of Mm. that moment that basically was the trajectory of your life unknowingly then as a kid totally
2: totally yeah i just it like the obsession began right there i can pinpoint i remember like the feeling and like Mm. the visceral stuff too right like being in the smell of like alcohol right Mm. just being associated which can be a dangerous thing but associated with like the fun time and the smoke and like the the Tiny little pubs And
0: like the whole thing Is very fresh in my head To think about Which is weird I suppose There's something about The smell of like A classic venue Mm -hmm. And like being on tour And just being Being in a band Where you've played A whole bunch of Different Different spaces Around the country Like you walk into Certain places And there's just This scent And it's like just 50 years of just oh, memories and experiences and <laughs> blood from fights that's right. and liquor yeah. and cheap floor cleaner and yeah. what, you know like this yeah. the, this sum of all these parts together mm. and you, you know there's these millions of little ghosts floating around that uh, kind of contribute to this vibe of the place that's right it's like this beautiful like haunted place haunted by all these wonderful things in the best
2: way possible do you still get excited when you go into places like that oh yeah yeah it's like me too
0: i think what do they say smell is like the most uh Mm -hmm. prominent sense for For memory memory, right yeah Yeah. so yeah definitely like when i if i go into a venue i've never been to and there's that and it's not always the exact same Mm -hmm. but you know it's like some combination of things. And I don't know, maybe there has to be four out of the six of them there or whatever it is. But like mm-hmm. you walk in, you know, okay, this is some amazing shows have happened here. Totally. Totally. And it's just, <laughs> it, it it
2: triggers that, whatever that feeling is that gets you hooked on playing and wanting to yeah. be in those spaces and create something that lives there.
1: Are there any venues that come to mind as really embodying that memory bank for you guys? Mm. Like, can you refer to oh, um, every time I play here? The, uh,
0: well, the marquee in Halifax yeah. has it. Yeah. It's like just every great rock band touring through Halifax is kind of played there. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just...
1: You can feel the history you in the You can feel it
0: in there. Yeah. yeah. It's... I'm sure if like uh, I was more psychic Than I am no, I'm, I'm zero now If I was any bit, <laughs> Right <laughs> I'm sure that like You would feel something in Something there, going you know? on In there that, Some of the energy yeah. Mojo I,
1: I even felt that Going to Togetherland For the first yeah. time It's in a church hall And it has mm. that Real distinct smell Of an old church Yeah And as a kid We grew up next door To our community church And oh, okay. we weren't Super faithful In going right, But yeah, 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 yeah. The, Christmas the smell. Attenders was familiar, exactly. That's right. And 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 I think that's part of the reason I really love the smell. It's not necessarily pleasant to everyone, but it's familiar and there's something pleasant about the familiarity. I think it's
2: a nostalgia thing. Yeah. It could be. I was thinking as you were saying that, I'm like, I wonder if that's what it is. It's just something that has history and and stories in it. Yeah. Like not a fresh building. There's yeah. something like that feels like there's something you can excavate out of it or explore. It's maybe that's it too. It's hard
0: to know. And like you said, like it's not necessarily all good, no. good things. Like, no, like in the marquee, there'd be
1: vomit fights, yeah, <laughs> yeah. vomits,
0: like, like dead but, rats,
1: in the aw, rat, and all sorts of
0: drug use, and all Yo, sorts Jesus. of wild yeah. stuff like, going on, right? Probably a stabbing, or what, you never know, right? Like, <laughs> but it's all just. It's all baked, know, it's in. Yeah, it's it's like baked in. It's that's, like
2: that's being human. That's right. Maybe. That's right. That's right. Like Harpo's in Detroit is a venue I think of a lot yeah. with that. Um, and then, yeah, just honestly, most venues I walk into, I can feel something. Like yeah. there's something going on there. That's
1: and nice. you mentioned since being in Nova Scotia, you're doing a lot of restaurant gigs and yeah. maybe unique venues to what you're used yeah, to. Yeah, like
2: breweries and stuff. Yeah. yeah so, I, how
1: are you finding that shift in the environment?
2: Um, It was really interesting. I had to do like um, a big ego check on myself when I came in because I was like, what is is? I'm restaurant gigs again? I haven't done (laughs) these in since whenever. And I was like, I really like took it like personally or something stupid. And then I played the first one. I'm like, oh, no, this is this is how these go out here. And I looked at the wall and like, like uh, the musicians that come through and I'm like, these are amazing musicians playing these spots. They just want good music out here. I think everywhere. Like if they can get good music in a spot, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like they would rather have it in. Like they were taking away like tables in some spots to make room for me. And I'm like in my head going, I know you're losing, you're paying me and you're losing money with those tables that could be filled with people. But you'd rather have the music in the space. That's so cool. It's
1: such a great observation for you to make because it's something we're so used to that I hadn't really considered considered this not being your typical music environment because like i'm thinking of union street for example in berwick which isn't even a you know it's not a big metropolis by any stretch and they've had endless talent there like every major name has played union street and
0: if you build it they will come yeah
1: but you i know? think it's a that's priority amazing, people are into it out here that's true so. it, it just
2: is it seems crazy to me because like yeah there's never cover charges and they could get away with not having it they don't need to have that but they yeah. have it anyways yeah <laughs> it, it's just so nice it's beautiful so it was a big adjustment for me one recognizing that like why did i even have that like ego response in the first place Like that's not the way to react to a situation already. And then two, then adjusting and going like, it wasn't even the thing I thought it was like, it wasn't, Mm -hmm. I had this fear of like going backwards or something in the kind of gig I was playing. And it wasn't even that anyways. So it's just, it it made me like, just I hopefully sharpen up and, and be a little bit uh, more lenient in my reactions to things moving forward from here.
0: I, I saw this post online recently and it was, it was kind of all about that. It was about, trying not to react in a situation in in that negative way. And it's like, if there's someone in front of you driving really slow and you're in a rush, that could be a mother with a new baby who's paranoid. Exactly. Exactly. Could be someone who's really old or they have a cake on the front seat. They don't want, you know, like like there's often reasons. I think we
2: romanticize like instincts. Like we make it like having good instincts is everything. But that that's really when you make your stupidest decisions is like yeah. the, your knee-jerk reactions are never, for me at least good. and we like yeah. we like hold on the pedestal, these people who like their instincts are so tuned in. It's like, no, the people who like pause reflect. like the smartest people I know take forever to answer questions, because yeah. they'll like they take it in and they think for a moment and then do something. And like that I admire that so much because I try and shoot from the hip too much emotionally and. Intellectually, I think
1: it's one of my favorite parts of growing older and dare I say, wiser is, <laughs> is being aware of the joy of patience. Right. In like, ah, uh, OK, normally this would make my nerves elevated or anxiety or, mm-hmm. yeah, that knee jerk reaction. But I think after having practiced a little bit of just listening and staying calm and we have experience behind us now that we can say this is probably the better way to respond here but (laughs) it sounds like you even now in real time are experiencing growth on this tour
2: I really hope I think so and it wasn't you know I had an idea which again is stupid trying to predict how you're going to grow through it and I my thing was I'll be such a tight my set will be so tight when I'm done this tour mm-hmm. and then I don't get to play the set at all. I thought I was playing so <laughs> yeah. that, that growth isn't necessarily happening, but this feels more
0: important and more valid and useful f- for the long run. So I'm I'm grateful. Mm. You never know what, what's going to happen on a tour and what areas you're going to grow in. But I think mm. after every type, every tour, there's some type of growth. There has to be, I think Yeah, there has to be, if you're anyways engaged with
2: it, like with the process, there's so much that happens so much circumstance and just randomness.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, and not, and there's people obviously who don't go on tour, but like you go out on a, a trip, like you go, mm-hmm. go on a trip with your family or something like the same kind of thing. Like you're going to yeah. en- encounter some challenges. You're going to meet amazing people. Like So gonna... like travel in general, you're saying, which I think you're right. Yeah. I, th- I think for sure there's,
1: getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think and I think just that that growth is or putting yourself into those situations is an important thing because mm-hmm. how else do you grow? That's right. And
2: like that discomfort of not being in your home base around your friends. Yeah. yeah. Your people like playing a room that doesn't know any of my music is so valuable. Yeah. Cuz I can really see what which bits I'm doing right because it it it'll attract them if it's good, and it's scary, oh, yeah, yeah it's very terrifying scary. i i I say that now, but when I have to play a strange room tomorrow, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, God, I miss the people who know my songs, <laughs> yeah, and clap, regardless.
1: So what does your typical life back home look like? Are you playing hmm. venues frequently? Uh, yeah. yeah,
2: I feel pretty lucky. like the scene in Windsor, I feel like, is really um starting to try and try and do something good around listening rooms. Yeah. Like um we have Fog Lounge back home, which is an amazing spot that is guaranteed some some form of art is happening every every day of the week. Yeah. So like poet poetry or or open mics or re- book readings. There's always yeah. something going on. And it's a space like you can appreciate with like there's no TV there. There's no Yeah. Also we we have a wing special that night. It's like this is a a, a list a small listening room that is easy yeah. to fill if you're an artist from out of town easy to book um, yeah so that's that was have been the gigs I, I do a lot of like playing there playing coffee houses um, that's, that's my usual at home gigging I would say
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then uh, the rest of the week is taken up in the mornings I run music programming at the daycares and Montessori's like I'm at six different schools in a week uh, so I'll do that eight to noon then noon to three is mine to do what I want usually writing or or you know errands and then 3 30 to 8 I teach private lessons Monday wow. to Friday yeah
1: you're it's a great. busy man it's
2: busy but it's amazing like I never feel super drained like right. there's days I'm tired but like I look forward as soon as I move into the next thing I'm like oh yeah this thing now like I have students coming in and every week that'll be different there's no static yeah in, in the schedule which i really like
1: is the daycare programming you're physically going to these yeah different i physically locations? go and
2: i i play and sing them songs and let them oh. play different instruments and Adorable. It, it's really cute and they're really young right like i do like infants to two and three year olds so
1: and you shared earlier that you have that age group all the way up to a client in their 70s yeah
2: that's right yeah that's so like amazing. my oldest client yeah is is 74 and uh It's so admirable. She's like, it's just my goal in life. I'm like, if I could be doing that, like, she's not just taking guitar lessons. She's doing tap dance lessons and golf. And like, she's just, she's like, now I want to be learning all the things I never got a chance to yet. Now that I can
1: love
0: it. Yes. That's the goal. What a, what a way to live your life, you know? That's
2: yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's admirable because like, I do feel like uh, someone said, you should always be a student at something at all times in your life. And I really think she's like stuck to that. And because of that, she's a great, she's so fun to talk to. She's so knowledgeable about a bunch of things. It's really nice. So Inspiring. And that's again, where I'm lucky to interact with these people on a weekly basis and have it saves me from getting jaded.
1: Yeah. There's something really freeing about being the student or being new at something and not having all these expectations that you have mm. to be brilliant and perfect at it.
2: Oh, it's so important to suck at stuff.
1: Yeah. like it's so
2: like the feeling of trying something and sucking a lot at it and watching someone be great like that feeling is so crucial i think to being a, a person
1: <laughs> we were chatting with friends of ours recently lately just a couple of days ago about using another example of a woman probably around the same age that was tr- she had recently moved and pursuing mm-hmm. new creative career and uh, you know met a new man like these kinds of things were happening for her in her life and it really what what gave me so much happiness hearing mm. her story was just this life experience doesn't ever end if you allow yeah. it to.
2: That's right. You if you stay engaged with it and you keep pushing yourself into these spots, yeah, life can be great forever.
1: Yeah, you can move at any age. You can take up a new hobby at any age. You can Hell take guitar yeah. lessons. Yeah, like that's tap right. Tap dancing. This it, is these yeah.
2: things don't go away. Just maybe like your demeanor and your want to pursue them might dampen or something yes. if you allow it. I don't know. It's. It, it just gives me hope as the aging process continues. As there it you does. go.
0: <laughs> so you see your uncle on stage just killing it, playing, yeah. playing accordion. Yeah. You go back home. I'm sure you get a guitar shortly after or what? So what happened then, the, the next contributing
2: factor was uh, my older brother. So um, I have two siblings and we're quite spaced out. There's seven years between each of us. Yeah. So like 14, 15 between me and my brother. Yeah. And uh he was his room was just wall to wall CDs and vinyl. Like he was a an avid music listener.
1: He was a Columbia host subscriber. That's exactly what he was. (laughs) That's right.
2: And I would just go up there and hang out with him and I'd look through all the albums. Like I I like remember vividly, you know, like when Kiss did those solo albums. They had like their faces. I can like see those on cassettes and I would look at them. And then he'd be playing music and I would I was just obsessed with it. So like there's footage of me like playing a hockey stick to Thunderstruck. And like, just cause I had that older brother influence who was yeah. so in love with music. So when I would go home from Ireland, I'd hang out with him and he was obsessed with music. So to me, it was just like, I couldn't miss it. Yeah. Like, it was everywhere. So then he convinced my parents to like get me a guitar cause he, nice. he didn't have it. And they came, you know, they came from Ireland. Like I was the first kid who kind of, they had an opportunity, they had built stuff so there is room in the budget and in life to have me take guitar lessons. Yeah. That wasn't an option for my older brother and sister mm-hmm. as much. So I was fortunate timing as well. So yeah, he convinced them like let's get him a little guitar for Christmas when I was 8. Yeah. And that's that's when I got it and started lessons and it it, it everything just clicked, you know, it's a classic story, yeah. but like I played it I tried sports, and I tried sports after that, and I don't. It's not in me. Not in me. <laughs> Talking about sucking—that was <laughs> not me a lot at all the sports I tried. But guitar was the first thing I felt intuitive with, and yeah. so then it just—it
0: was inevitable from there. Starting at such a young age like that, like your your brain is still molding and uh-huh. probably just soak it up like a oh, sponge. Like like
2: like mad like, it, it, to the point where there was a, a serious. Uh, depression that hit when you hit that point of diminishing returns where you look at the, the progress you were making at the beginning yeah. and then you hit that middle slump where the progress seems like it's like a, you're trudging just to try yeah. and figure it out. I remember being sad about that compared to when I was 8, 9, 10, 11. Those years yeah. everything came so fast and so huge. You the, know?
0: Gloomy 12s, eh?
2: <laughs> the gloomy 12s. The gloomy 12s. I was a real depressed 12, 13 year old. <gasps> yeah.
1: What does progress look like for you now?
2: Yeah, that's interesting. That's a great question actually. Um, I think it's eroding the, the people pleasing nature I have getting its way into my music. Mm. So it's out of skill sets now. Like I'm not interested at becoming a better technical guitar player. Um, maybe a better singer wouldn't, wouldn't hurt to have a little more tools than that one, but that, that stuff dis disinterests me. It's like, can I create something engaging and pure and honest? Um, and, and getting that stuff out of the way that you don't even know you're doing it when you're doing it, but you're putting it in purely because you're trying to predict what someone else might like or think of you, which is such a, like a dumb activity. Cause how egotistical am I to be like, I know what people want. They want this. No, I don't.
0: <laughs> well, we just, before this podcast, we were watching a video online mm. of uh, a, a singer. We both, we all like Gregory Alan Isakov. Mm-hmm. Covering uh, an Iron and Wine song. Yeah. And the song is eight minutes long. There's no chorus in it. Nope. And it's just every line starts with, please remember me, and then creates this kind of image. Beautiful scene. Yeah. And without hearing that, I'm like, you cannot write an eight minute song that has no chorus. No bridge, no pre like no. it's just there's no real It breaks every rule you think. This is
1: an incorrect piece of art. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: This is not how
2: attention works.
0: <laughs> and I, I honestly his version covering that, which is just a live version on YouTube, is my favorite song. Like I have the MP3 of that. And you gotta I, airdrop that to I, me. Seriously, will, yeah. I'm so happy you showed me Remind that. Remind me afterwards. I will. And uh like I, I listen to that song probably every day at some point. It's so beautiful. It's it, it, like, I was, I don't know if you saw me, like it had me sucked
2: in. I couldn't <laughs> yeah. stop watching it. And you're like, we were at minute six and it yeah. literally felt like it had been like a minute yeah. max. But, it, and it goes to show if you just do it honestly. And like, I really do believe, and I don't want to know if I'm wrong, but I do believe Gregory loves
0: that song because of the way yeah. he was delivering it. And, and his it, eyes are closed and it's like. 5,000 words. Yeah, Yeah, so many words.
2: Because I was thinking about that too, having to learn all these covers. It's like, damn, that's a lot of words, and they're important words. Yeah, It's maybe
1: one of the most important lessons and reminders as an artist, because it's so hard, especially when it becomes your livelihood. Mm -hmm. And I know you've been a lifetime, full-time musician. This is your profession, so... It's hard for at least eventually ideas of I have to support myself financially not to factor into the equation of creativity.
0: Right. Like which you're is-
1: all faced with that. But remembering the, the authenticity and, and having these examples to turn to is huge.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, for me, hearing someone like that is all about permission. Like that now Mm -hmm. that allows me to say, Oh, I can do that. Like I'm allowed to do that. Like
2: that's exactly (laughs) it, man. You set you nailed it where like one of the first things when I started working with the producer I'm working with now, uh, James Bunton, he said is like great art grants permission. Yeah. Which is like it like looks back over its shoulder and it goes like you can come this way. You can there's there's a path here. Yeah. And that's so valuable. Yeah. So valuable. And like you hope to do that for somebody someday, but that's a lofty goal.
0: And I think that's why consuming so much different art and di- different different mediums is is mm. is important because it just opens up your mind. What what mediums do you guys
2: feel like outside of the mediums you work in influence you the most in what you're doing? I'm always curious about this.
1: I'm glad you asked this question. Because, well, a few <laughs> like a number of examples come to <laughs> mind, but Sure. We were in uh, Vienna a few years ago, and we went to uh, their, <laughs> their modern art gallery there, which okay. was filled with impressive artwork. And yep. one of the exhibitions was a performance artist, mm. and neither Mike or I had a lot of knowledge or experience about what performance art aimed to achieve. And mm-hmm. we we later learned at an artist residency in Columbia, actually, because there was a young performance artist there that. The whole point for the performer is really for nothing on their behalf. It's all about the audience's reaction, and there is no correct reaction. So Hmm. understanding that now, I probably would have consumed this performance artist piece in Vienna differently. But at the time, it was our real first experience with it. And it was two people... And one was dumping rice into the other one's pants and then hitting it with a palm tree leaf. <laughs> it's hilarious, wait, wait. right? Wait.
2: <laughs> one more time? <laughs> Precisely. Dumping? Okay.
1: dumping bags of rice into like down one guy's pants and then hitting. Front or the back of the pants? I, I, think, front is... I think the front, yeah. yeah. And then I think he might have even been laying on a table. Yeah. And then they took this giant palm leaf, okay, the, the dumper, and then started <laughs> tapping his body with this. <laughs> Hard? This leaf. Hard.
2: I'm asking questions that aren't relevant, but I just, I need it clear my
1: head. It enough. It okay. wasn't a massage, but it wasn't gotcha. a beating either. It wasn't either. a
2: yeah.
1: But it was... T- I mean it was all I could do not to just fall to my knees and well, hysterical we were pissing laughter ourselves
0: laughing. <laughs> and we were
1: like tears like crying laughing watching this but they were stone cold serious in this. So yeah, we we course. thought to ourselves like we're probably not supposed to be laughing about this. It's not really supposed to be funny and we're looking around at everybody else and they're kind of holding their like, laughter in and, like yeah. this is funny right guys? We've talked about that performance so many times because of the hilarity and the impact, it ha- the memory of it.
2: So it engaged. It did its job. It yeah, totally exactly. did its
1: job brilliantly. And it's only now that I understand the point of performance art is like whatever our reaction was was right. It didn't matter. It's no. that they got something out of us. That's
2: right. You had no choice but to have some sort of reaction. Yes. Like the wor- failed artist stuff that does nothing. Right.
1: Right. So that did and that's something. what I love about that's interesting. Uh, being an artist now is that. I've had people come into the gallery and make seemingly not so complimentary comments. But right. part of it for me is like, oh, I've made you uncomfortable with this abstract art. That's right. That's like, right. I'm good.
2: Right. It should evoke a reaction one way or another. Like it yeah. shouldn't make you either, you've, either you hate it or you like love it. Like then you've made something really great.
1: Yeah. And
2: that's. How that's, about
1: you guys? Do you have kind of something come to mind that's outside about, of music? Yeah. That what, maybe... ab- what
0: about you? What do you got? Well, I like to read a lot. Okay. And, and listen to. Yeah, even listening to podcasts, I find, is consuming mm-hmm. art. Like, it depends on yeah, what you're listening to. Yeah. Um, there can be ones that aren't artistic, but, <laughs> but uh, those are good too. I think yeah.
2: In that sense, that like someone getting hit in the pants full of rice is like, it doesn't seem like it's doing much.
0: Those weird ones, wacky ones, can do it too. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if uh, f- a funny or a-, a medium that I really like is stand up comedy. Yeah. And yeah. uh recently I just, I watched this special that's supposed to be the worst uh stand-up special ever made. Oh really? And uh and I'm like, at the end of the day, like everyone loves it because it's so bad. That's right. Like karaoke is comedy, isn't maybe the right word, but uh it's it's created something inadvertently because it's not what it's supposed to be. That's right. And I'm like, is that good? Right, and what, and
2: then you're like, well, what
1: is good <laughs> yeah. again?
2: It, it, I'm talking about it, and I'm like consuming it, and it does something. It does what it does very well. So it, therefore,
0: like, I'm laughing my ass off at it. <laughs> yeah, are you laughing because it's bad, or do you did you you're like actually it's jokes? No, because it's bad. Because it's bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah.
2: great. Yeah, that's that's mine too. Actually, is stand up comedy as well. Yeah, uh, so much so in fact that like another artist that I'm friends with, um, his name is Justin. He plays in a, uh, an act called the Indiana Drones. Um, nice. he, we started hitting open mics cause we heard comedians talking about working material out yeah. on stage and something about that seems so like pure and a way to get your own ego crap out of there. Yeah. Go play in a room and, and we would go every Monday in Windsor, there's like three open mics. So for months there we would hit every Monday we'd get together. We'd have new tunes that we wanted to go try out yeah. and we worked them out. Based on, like, yeah, watching comedians talk about working their, like, working stuff out in the live setting. Yeah. It's scary.
0: It's terrifying, but it it feels very cool and and interesting. I I took that exact same advice because I I listen to a lot of podcasts with comedians. Yeah. And they all talk about, I got to be up four times a week, you know, trying out the new stuff. Yeah. So, I often play at uh, the Rustic Crust, a place kind of just around the corner, the pizza place. Yeah, we drove I by that. Yeah. You, you pointed. Out, I missed a turn because I think we were yeah. looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I would, uh, every time I would go there, because most, most people who play there are playing all covers. Right. And that's perfectly fine. That's kind of what's expected. And that's not really what I do. I'm playing mm-hmm. mainly originals and throw in the odd cover. But... Uh, most people, and I don't want to sound like I'm bragging here, but most people mm. at my level aren't playing that place. Yeah. Like that's yeah, yeah. kind of like, I don't know, you, you reach a certain level, you win a, bu- a bunch of awards in the right. East Coast. You're typically not playing the pizza place. That's so right. I'm like, yeah, it's not like, on the I list. Can, I can go play some originals if I want, you know? Like, of course. It gave you that freedom to, to play, come in with that. I'll play this exact same set and charge $30 a ticket the next week. So yeah, I think it's okay if I want to. show up. Yeah. So, I, But I'll, I'll go in with, three brand new songs and I'll play mm. whatever, a bunch of songs I do well, maybe throw in a, a cover that people know and then yeah. I'll bust out these brand new songs in front of a bunch of people yeah, who never heard it. And I don't even really have the words memorized. I might have them printed off in front of me mm-hmm. and I'm just seeing how people react to it. And have you, um, what do you think you've learned the most through that? I'm curious. I think that when people are engaged, yeah, like if you get them,, mm-hmm. like you can give them anything, and it's they're gonna appreciate it, yeah, like I've played when there's a small crowd gathered around, and they're kind of just mm-hmm. they're into everything I'm doing, and That's just right. the the songs, the banter, like they're mm-hmm. we they become part of it, and it's this show where we kind of can we're each feeding off each other, you know, yeah, and if I bust out a brand new song in that, they're gonna very much appreciate that I am doing that. They're mm-hmm. going to love... If I screw it up, they're going to love it. Like, right. just they're they're there for that. Right. But if it's an audience that's just eating pizza and your background noise, it doesn't matter. That's it. <laughs> like, and
2: they're, they're honest. They'll be honest yeah. about what they're drawn to then, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And are you communicating? Look, I'm just kind of workshopping something here. Do you feel that need to almost explain yourself, I'll say? Or when, do you just roll with it?
2: When I do... It is very much like an, it's coming from a place of me being insecure about it. So I try not to do that very much. Yeah. Because it's me trying to like apologize for the song before I even play it. Yeah. Which eliminates the purpose then. Like I've given, I should just play it. When I do it right, I just play it and what happens, happens. If they hate it, it's like I I can't cushion and give myself a net by being like, well, it's new. Yeah. So that's why Mm -hmm. I sucked and you hated it. It's like, no, just play it and see what people do. You know, it's like if you, if you are asking someone about a song, Right, like you have a mix or something, yeah. and you asked a specific question, like "Are the drums too loud?" Yeah, then they're they're not listening to the song anymore. They're listening to see if the drums are too loud. Yeah. So, like, it's important, I think, like in that situation, to go play the song and go, like, tell
0: me anything you hear. It's almost like subliminal messaging, kind
2: yeah. of yeah, seeping totally. in. That's right. That's right. So, if you just present it with very little preamble, I find I get the most pure results. So. To answer your question. I try not to. I'll do it when I get real nervous, but I'm yeah. always like, crap, why did I say that? Now they're they're listening to it in a different way than if I had just played it without any explanation. Or
1: You'll often do that, Mike, if you have a new song, the you're one of your new ones of the new album comes to mind where you had me listen to two different versions yeah. and just give feedback. And I had no right. idea what you might be looking for yeah. feedback on. It was just right. kind of an honest overview of oh I liked this part or yeah. Whatever. And that's so, so much
2: more valuable. Totally. Um, like even like because I'm I have a new record coming out in September, so like I was working on the mixes while I've been out. And a big thing I've been trying to do is not have like a checklist when I'm listening. You know, when you give like mix notes, it's like this up here, this down here, and then the next time you listen to the song, you're kind of going through the checklist of your previous mix notes, and being like, "Did he do that? Is that enough?" Yeah. And you're not listening to the song anymore. You're yeah. not like. So I really try and like delete all the things I said before and not think about them and then just listen to the song and go like, what pulls me out of it now? And sometimes it means contradictory mix notes, which
0: I'm sure my mixer loved,
2: but, <laughs> yeah. but I honestly felt like I got a better result out of it and fewer rounds of mixing.
0: And Sometimes those things that you think are wrong mm-hmm. or mistakes can grow on you too, right? That's right. That's
2: right, and like if it doesn't if it doesn't ping you again the third time, it's not a mix note. It's Mm. not worth bringing up.
1: (laughs) What was the song we heard recently that you were like, "Oh, that was a mistake originally with the drums
0: uh, in the air tonight, uh, Phil Collins." Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, those
0: big drums. Yeah, the most iconic drum fill of all time. Yeah, precisely. That was um, that was a mistake. Uh, Really, not the part when they were recording it. Yeah. They accidentally left the talkback mic on, and the talkback mic was way up in the back wall of the studio, essentially a room mic. Right. Unintentionally, though. And uh, they left it on for a take and on playback. They're like, what the hell? That sounds amazing. (laughs) That's so so wild. So, this mistake revolutionized drum sounds for a decade. Totally. And after that, every single drum sound was
2: <laughs> and this far away crappy <laughs> Yeah, ride. That's hilarious. I yeah. never heard that. Yeah, that's... And it's, yeah, like, and who you would never ask for that, right? In those situations. And there's so many, there's so many experiences, I think, like that. Like, if you listen to any great track, You'd have mixed notes if you wanted to look yeah, for them. You'd, yeah. you'd listen through and be like, "There's stuff that could go turned down or up." But that's probably kinda...
1: endlessly too. Totally, like you like, could do that forever and never release the album.
2: Like I challenge everyone to listen to a Motown song and listen to the tambourine. They're <laughs> so loud. It's it's <laughs> once you get hooked on it, it's insane that that ever got past anybody. Yeah, because right? <laughs> it's so loud. The tambourines are just screaming at you, but you don't care. You don't care because if it's it. it it's communicating still something really great.
0: And part of of creating is putting the trust into other people. Mm-hmm. And a good mix engineer is making these decisions for a reason. That's right. Like yeah. they have whatever, the drums sounding this mm-hmm. way or the vocals up front. Right. All, all of this is they're making decisions on that. It's not just right. haphazardly placed. That's right. So in their eyes, they are putting forward the best version of it and and typically the best way to reach that is the, some kind of cross between the both people's opinions like totally. uh, i totally. have these opinions and this person has those opinions and you kind of get the happy medium Absolutely. and then you're you're rolling but sometimes you just have to take a little bit more time with it uh-huh. to see if uh if that's Maybe a better decision than the one that you that's right. And I
2: think you hit on something that's really important to me is like, I've come around a lot to the idea that involved, like community is crucial to art. Like having many people around or at least one other person around, I'd say, uh, with input is so important. I, I, there's kind of this image of like the mad, like uh, like the the mad person who's removed themselves from society creating the purest art or yeah. something you know what I mean like you lock yourself away and then you make purely the most you think because you have no outside influence and I don't for me I don't think it works that way mm-hmm. I like I get in my own head and I start putting stuff in that is I think is good because I'm not getting feedback like now working with the producer and, and working with other musicians I make better stuff that feels more me because they'll call me on
0: decisions i make that don't that don't aren't resonating you know did you ever see the track credits on a hit song oh yeah it's It's like like it's it's a scroll (laughs) there's 30 people involved easily right absolutely there's seven writers there's four people mixed it there's like it's just right and then you expect like okay i'm sitting here by myself and i'm competing against these 30 Experts in the field, it's it's challenging. Like totally, totally, and it's I don't know, and I just don't
2: think isolation always breeds the best stuff. Like it's it's kind of romanticized, I think a lot, but I don't think it's it for me at least having someone call me call me out when they're like I think what you're saying there is not what you mean. I think you're saying that because it's you think that's what you should say there, and like having to make difficult decisions and someone disrupt your work, like come up and be like, no, dude.
0: change, try doing it all this way. And you have someone who does this. Yeah. So uh,
2: working again with, with James, he, we have weekly meetings and I'll send him my work and he's really good at, um, making me define an intention. I talked a, uh, a little bit about this when I, when I teach songwriting, I try and do the same thing, defining your intention of your work early and understanding that, yes, that can evolve and change, but start with that being your, your measuring stick. So every decision I make has to serve that intention. Um, so every line I write is, is measured. Am I, is this helping serve this intention? So an example would be like as simple as, "I want this song for when people hear this, they feel um, they, they, they feel lonely, or they, they feel um, the way they felt the first day they got dropped off at school or something. You know? Like having an intention, that's a very visceral emotion. And then it makes everything so much easier because any the guitar tone I choose, the mm. length of the song, then it, too many words, economy words, or like all of these decisions have something they're weighed against, and I can know if I'm going the right direction. And there are times where then in that I've discovered a new, more interesting intention, and you update. But most of the time, it always serves the intention. And he's very good at calling me out. Annoyingly so (laughs) most days where, oh, you're trying to you're thinking too um, like I'm big for being too stylized, like trying to come in with a stylized feel because it feels like, you know, in the age of playlists and, you know, satellite radio stations that are like folk on four and stuff. You want to try and have this pigeonholed sound, but that doesn't make good stuff. You got to just serve your intention and follow your excitement and follow what feels like that. And by myself, I don't know that I'd be disciplined enough to do it without someone calling me out like
0: that.
1: It's great advice.
0: Yeah, I, I love that.
1: With the new album coming out, did you have an intention for the complete album or did mm-hmm. you approach it more song by song?
2: This one specifically, yes, because um, I lost my dad last year. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, like, you know, a formative time in every person's life, losing a parent. And this album has just been about coping with that yeah. and, and the relationships around it. Um, so it, it is the most, I think unapologetically me, like I have zero intentions as far as like, I don't know that anyone's going to like it, <laughs> which is maybe exciting, but it's, it's just very honestly what I wanted to say and what I needed to get out. Like it was, it was more diary entry than, than like, here's a, polished piece of work for the radio or something. Yeah. I guess. Did it feel cathartic to create? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's been a bunch of weird um, coincidences along the way that just, you know, I, I try not I, equal parts of like embracing those weird coincidences and being like the universe is looking out for me and, and telling me I'm doing this right. And then also understanding that maybe not at all. Um, and I'm just putting it, but either way it made me feel good. So like, for example, yeah. um, I went up and I wrote the album um, with James it, at this place called uh, Port Williams Sound um, which is in Mountain Grove, Ontario in this little cabin uh, he brought me there because the Jonas who runs the spot um, he was in a band called Evening Hymns he still is and um, one of his albums was when he lost his dad so he's like I think there's conversations to be had with this person about what this means to make a record like this and it was all very formative but then we got to talking one day and I found out um, his dad passed away from amyloidosis, which is the same thing my dad passed away from, and that's one in twelve million people. Oh have my, have and what And what is that? It's uh, it's this rare, uh, like n- neurotic condition where like your your br- your blood starts making too much of this protein amyloid, okay. and it just will attack. Like for my dad's case, it attacked his muscles first, and then his saliva glands, and then then your your organs, and that's what what kills you. I had never met anyone who even knew what it was, right? Like, Incredible. and That's crazy. He, like, we were spent the rest of the day calling all our family members, just going, "You're yeah. not going to believe uh, this, but this guy's uh. here." So that was just a weird one. The studio I work at in Toronto, um, is he's from Donegal, which is where my dad was born in Ireland. Uh, I met. Uh, I'm filled art- with goosebumps. Listen, I'm not even done yet. Listen to this crazy one, and then like Cassie uh-huh. Noble on this tour, who I ran, a uh, musician playing the same festival and was billeted at the same house just wrote a record about her dad passing away and he passed away on the same day as my dad
1: my mind is blown right now all of these things this is very special
2: that's it and i try to not make it feel like pressure on it or something but i just can't help but feel like everything everything is is here that like i needed to make this record this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I I don't want to weigh that in like, you know, financial success or popularity, but like already it's a success because I've, I've had these experiences, you know? So.
1: Wow. Thanks for sharing that with us.
2: No, no, my pleasure. It's nice to, this is the first time I'm really talking about it because, and I, that's a whole thing too. Like I don't want these conversations are, are special and it's nice to be in a space like this to have it rather than, you know, pitching it to some, PR team on a Google Doc.
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is nice. Thank you for. No, it's it means a lot to to share here, and you never know where the conversations are gonna go here. And this seems to. especially kinda- with me. I'm like <laughs> you guys didn't even like just yeah, we say we don't right? know you. This is impromptu. No, yeah. but I feel like we we do know you yeah. well now. That's, yeah, that's kind of the beauty of having these chats. You have this this very intimate conversation mm-hmm. in a small space and uh, yeah we've're we're, we're buds now that's oh,
2: <laughs> oh that's that's my favorite part new buds is my favorite thing in
0: life
1: and that I mean that story and experience for you just speaks to you never know kind of like the slow driver you never know what is behind the art or right. the motivation which I think is a really interesting but beautiful part of the creativity that we we now know about your album it's it's huge really yeah Yeah. and uh i I, i'm hosting my one of my bigger art shows this october Mm. and it's called galactic pie and it's about essentially being made up of the same molecular stardust Mm. as all energy so those past those here and I lost my my mother, it'll be 10 years ago on October 7th. Mm. And that's when I decided I would have my opening night for this art show. That's beautiful. And oddly, and it wasn't until I was kind of going through my calendar making this decision, she actually passed away the evening of my very first public art show that no I didn't way. attend. Uh, Mike was there <laughs> yeah, and like I... took photographs for me and... It was a, obviously it was a sad evening and, you know, we saw it coming and, and mm-hmm. this and that. There's lots of detail nuance of to course. a passing, as you and, well know, yeah. and emotion and relief, all of that. But it was only today, actually, and it's funny that we're now talking about this, speak <laughs> of, of coincidence, oh, of but course. that I realized that it's on a Saturday night. This will be the perfect night to open. Wait a minute. That was the anniversary of my mom's passing. Wait, wait. Wait a wait. minute.
2: You didn't do it because of that?
1: No. It was just like this is oh, gonna be wild. where the date should fall. Yeah. And then piece together and then it's ten years. And wait a minute, ten years since my very first art show and her passing on that night. And Oh wow. It just wow, feel wow. like you can feel and like you're describing it really automatically removes this whole concern with is it good? Are mm-hmm. people gonna come? Mm-hmm. You really don't care about any of that when your motivation is so much greater.
2: That's exactly it. Yeah. And it's like those things should be byproducts anyways. Like yes. I don't think those can be that's not fair. That's I can't say that. Those can be an intention. You can make those your intention, sure. But like I prefer of the like to think of them as byproducts of doing something really, really well, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's beautiful. Yeah, because you've already won then. Like you've already you already have this special thing that's going to happen. Yeah. You know? and there's nothing you can really do <laughs> to muck it up. Like, right. It's special to us
1: as the creator. And so however it's received is kind of not my of responsibility anymore. Of course.
2: And uh, October seventh you said? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Get out. I wonder if I yeah, can get come out back. if I can get out to, to go <laughs> and see it. That'd be amazing. I would love it. I'd love to do that. And I kinda, bring your
1: wife, too. We oh, want to meet her.
2: Oh, yeah. She would love it. You guys would get along famously. It, I'm, she's going to be so mad that she missed this part.
1: Well, we'll, we'll have other <laughs> She bits. can listen to this. Cheers. Sorry, Alicia. Wish you were here. You we wish you it. were here, too. Yeah.
2: You would love it. Yeah. But it's it's buds. That's it. It's mm-hmm. just now you you get to share those experiences. And now I know that about your art exhibit that's coming up and yeah, what what right. that means. Like, I don't
0: know. It's so important. How hard do you find it to actually just let go and be able to just put something out and not worry about the response because mm. it's really hard to do when but in a lot of times in, in, like in my case like mm-hmm. I I need to have a slightly positive response because I need to sell enough to be able to pay for of course keep this of month course. or whatever yeah, you know of like course. Of it's course. um but I I want to feel like that. And I'm always struggling with that. And it, it, it is, uh, something I think that everyone deal tries to, tries to deal with in in some capacity, but yeah, just, just be able to create something for themselves. Right. And, and put it out and just, you know, just be happy with whatever happens. Right. So like letting go of it, you mean, like how hard is it to put it
2: out? Like, do I struggle to?
0: Yeah, I guess just worrying
2: about the outcomes of something. I see. Like, so for me, um, and I feel like this is, this is like a, a bit of a weird thing The putting it out. It's almost like it's, it's over for me Yeah. at this point. Like I put it out because already I've got the next thing and I yeah. can't give the next thing all of my love and attention. Cause I'm still like finishing off this idea. So for me, it's very much of like, I just need to turn a page. And to that extent, I can get, I have to watch getting sloppy at the ending, which I'm admirable or or like, I'm very envious of when I see other musicians, the end stage, they can be so meticulous still. Like I'm almost out of energy for the ideas. Like I feel like I'm at the best when I'm just making them in the studio. And then this mixed stuff, like (laughs) it sounds awful, but like, I don't care as much by the end. I want to get on. I want it out so that it's out now because like then there's no more engagement like the art making is done everything is out of my hands on this like you like it you don't like it I can't go back and fix it now so there's almost like a freedom I feel like I'm on I've got a blank slate now and I can devote my energy and attention to the stuff my favorite part of the process which is the making the the fresh spark finding I guess Mm. so I'm a little weird that way in that I don't I don't really have like nerves or hesitations about putting it out I want it to be accepted well. I'm really still trying to learn what release day is supposed to feel like because it's not what I currently feel like. That mm. I don't have it down yet. It's too much looking at like streaming numbers and looking at what playlists are picking you up and like that doesn't feel important and it, it doesn't feel like I'm ever really happy on release day, which is silly. So I don't know what to do yet with that.
0: Mm. It felt uh, did you ever go through a a release before, uh, kind of the digital world. Yes, I did. I did.
2: And there was like a beautiful big CD release party yeah. and you got immediate return on your investment.
0: They were amazing. Like, <laughs> like, they it great. It's different now. Like I remember yeah. like, okay, the only way people are going to get is to come to this show and like. Yeah people uh, say playing a cd release show was like significant and you knew you were going to make some like money back on the
2: recordings like where now it's like release day i make like nothing (laughs) and i just sit and be sad in my room and like retweet or repost and like it's a lot of just on your computer yeah and like i really would love to delegate that maybe next time or something because like it just doesn't feel i don't know what i want to feel I don't know what I want it to be like, but not
0: what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Probably some pride, I guess. Um, Yeah.
2: And I just don't, I don't, I wish I cared less about those things. Like in particular, like I try, I've switched for any non-musicians out there. We have like these accounts that are specific for artists for these DSPs, like our Spotify for Artist app. And it shows you where your streams are coming in and all that stuff. But like I've turned it off where it doesn't show me streams. It shows me saves which is a way more modest number, but to me feels more important.
1: Right. Like someone
2: hearing your song and saving Quality it. over quantity. Yeah. Is, it means that it engaged with somebody. Where a stream could be like passive.
0: Right. My favorite is getting the Shazam
2: info. The Shazam.
0: That's right. Like, that's that's oh, right oh, man.
2: That's like the Apple equivalent, I think, are the Shazams. Yeah. Because it's like,
0: yeah, someone cared enough to be like, what is this? Yeah, mm-hmm. someone listened to it and liked it or maybe disliked it so much. Yes. They wanted to know what it was, us, but that's fine. And too. those numbers are, yeah, who is this? So I can never hear them again. Yeah. Um, but there's something,
2: though those numbers are modest, it's like, feels more important. Yeah. And there's not that weight of like, oh, is it over a thousand streams yet? So that Spotify doesn't have the... Less than a thousand next to yeah. it, like that kind of dumb shit is in my brain, and I wish it wasn't because we have doesn't. so
1: many metrics in our life,
2: that's right, that's right, and like vanity metrics, most of them, yes, right? Exactly, so, and that's what we're measuring our success by, and that it doesn't seem good for us,
1: yeah. It's like this invitation to constantly compare ourselves to, yes, the entire world, that's
2: right, that's totally right, and like then. What does it mean if you don't hit those marks? Like, what does that mean about the work? And what does that mean about what you're doing right now? And those are dangerous, slippery slopes when you're a creator yes. of like, well, that didn't go well. So maybe I, you like make a hard right, but you were close to something like, you know, you can just screw your whole process up looking at them. I hate it. I wish it wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I well, didn't know. Back it.
0: in the CD days, you had no idea, <laughs> no idea.
2: other sold,
1: than how many CDs you yeah, sold. I them, yeah, So this many
2: physical copies, and like,
1: do you still have CDs printed?
2: I do, and I almost didn't, but since I've come out here, um, they've been like my big seller. Have been CDs. Yeah. Every We're a little months,
1: behind so, yeah. the times, yeah. in Nova Scotia, <laughs> in the best way.
2: And like folk fests in general, like I play a lot of folk fests, and those CDs are are bigger ticket items there okay um but then yeah the rest of the time it's like vinyl and and uh like little items i got buttons and stupid stuff like that
1: yeah 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 you mentioned earlier that uh you've listened to some stoicism podcasts Mm -hmm. ryan Mm -hmm. holiday how does that practice education learning factor into your life and creativity
2: um i listen to it for the sake of like sanity as far mm-hmm. as like, if I adopt some more stoic ways of existing, it allows me to not get in the emotional spiral that comes with being an artist. Cause it's, you have to engage so deeply with these feelings all the time, right? And that's, that's what you're making and what you're doing. But there has to be times too where you can just remove yourself and kind of observe your emotional responses and articulate them and understand them and live in that place. And it feels more peaceful. Like I'm not. I'm enjoying the experience of having emotional reactions, even when they're bad emotional reactions. Mm. That's what I really found practicing that has helped with. Yes, um, it's hard to do. Mm. <laughs> well,
1: and that's what's good about having. I, I don't know if I've ever picked up a, I'll call it a self help book, but mm. I, I too enjoy learning about stoicism. Mike actually introduced me through the Waking Up Act or app, App. Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. to to some of the literature and practice and kind of felt like, oh, this might be something that's going to help you through this hard time I happen to be in. And it just resonated so deeply. And Mm -hmm. hearing you as well listen to that, I'm, I'm starting now for the first time to wonder, like, maybe this is a really good tool for artists. I think so. Everybody finds their own spirituality, but I find Stoicism walks this really great line between logic and maybe what we have come to learn as spirituality. That's right. So there's these like the tools of discipline, for example, I'm really attracted to. Yes. I like being pushed. I like being uncomfortable. Like we talked about growth earlier. That's right. That's not going to happen if every day looks the same for you.
2: 100%. And
1: I find that that one virtue or part of the Stoic practice really has motivated me to just... Be uncomfortable with your art. Make something really allegedly crappy. Yes. Because that's maybe going to push you into whatever this next thing is.
2: That's exactly it. Yeah. And that's like, and what is crappy and what it like, you know, yeah. it's like that whole ideology of like removing yourself so far from things sometimes and having that extra perspective. Like it feels like I've just zoomed out more when yeah. I'm doing, when I'm following some of those more stoic ideas. Um, But it's, it is hard to keep in your, in the forefront like I, I would like it to be a more immediate reaction. It's not yet. It's yeah. something I have to actively engage with, but I'm trying, I'm trying to get there.
0: And I think with being an artist, you're subject to so many highs and lows that of course, having some type of philosophy or religion, whatever it is, to be able to help bring them a little more closer That's right. to, and what I like to about s- neutral.
2: And what I like about stoicism is it's not about like necessarily like. it it, it like discrediting those peaks. Right. Like it's not about just staying in the middle. It's like understanding them when they're happening and almost like transcending it and going like, yes, I am currently very, very, very low. And that's okay. Like, like the first Stoic thing I heard was a very extreme example, but they're like, well, if it's too bad, you just kill yourself. That's it. And you're like, "Whoa, whoa, I've never heard someone say they're like, well, that's that you got an out. You always have an out. And And I was like, what a bizarre concept. And then they're like, but in that sense, if you're already there, what's the point? You're at the worst part you could ever be in anyways. You're already as low as you get. So what's the point? It's
1: one of the only philosophies, religions, spiritualities I have found that embraces that life is bound to have negative experiences. That's right. So many types of... Advice now are just all about be happy and positive one hundred percent of the time. And
2: if you're not, you've done something wrong. Yes. If you feel bad, it's, not real. it's something you're doing wrong. And yeah. It's like no, 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 and we're going to sell
1: you this thing to make you feel better. Right?
2: It has to do with comfort. Yeah. Right. And it's like that's stoicism. Just like yeah, comforts a thing and discomforts a thing, and you just
1: and they're kind of the same. Like they're equal. Yeah.
2: That's that's exactly it. Yeah. So it is. You're right. As like being an artist, I think it's a, it's a good one to gravitate towards i'm very like skeptical of any isms obviously because like there's i don't think there's like a full any one thing's got it right completely yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> nailed but, it. incorrect they've nailed it no further questions please uh, yeah. yeah no so that in that sense i'm always wary of anything like that but again it's it's so removed that it doesn't even like ask anything of you except just thought exercises i, I feel mm-hmm. like
1: and yeah. you've had two full days worth of driving to get to Nova Scotia to Ooh, consume these lessons. Lots of
2: consumed <laughs> lessons, my friends. Yeah. And good good practice. You know, driving the 401 is a good way to practice just
0: removing yourself and yeah. not getting angry and understanding the drive. So you have this tour to finish up. You have some mm. more dates. Uh, what what are the, What's the schedule look like? Um, so this is my last off day.
2: Yeah. Um, until the 28th. So I'm playing every day from here. Um wow. so yeah, I got uh yeah, just a couple more uh one more Nova Scotia, then New Brunswick, and then I'm in Quebec and then um Peterborough, Toronto,
0: St. Catharines and home. So And what uh happens when you're home? What's the summer look like?
2: Um so this summer I will be uh kind of like gearing up. I had the first single off the album released just when I came out on, yeah. on the 7th. So the first single's out. Second single will be in August. So probably gearing up for that. Yeah. Uh, maybe trying to figure
0: out a better way to enjoy the release. Yeah. Um, Throw yourself a party. Yeah, some, maybe that's
1: what I should do. You're get right. Get
0: some uh, champagne or whatever you yeah. like to have a little sip off and some balloons. and. I like that. What animal else?
1: balloons That I think animal you should yeah keep it nice. really childlike
2: I would like that like a kid's party like a
1: throwback to what the album release once was yeah that's yes. right
2: that's right maybe I'll do that instead that'd be great so I'm doing that and then gigging um, just not too far afield like in and around Ontario yeah and then gearing up to hit the west coast in September with the album release
1: oh nice wow good for you and driving out there too
2: I'm gonna fly out there and rent yeah um, cause that's too far
1: yeah
2: yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so that's the plan um And this, that one, I'm going to try and book myself again. This one, I was lucky to have somebody do the booking for me. I want to try and take the reins and and see what that means and how that the logistics work there for doing it myself.
1: How do you keep your energy up with all of these back to back shows? Um, good question. I don't know.
2: Coffee. Maybe Uh, it's just
1: natural to you.
2: Honestly, it is like, I feel very fortunate in that I don't, I don't do stuff I don't like doing. I don't have, I don't it's just not part of my life like yeah there's the the byproducts of music that suck to do like i don't want to write a bio i don't want to do these but none of those things are are bad enough to take away how amazing doing it is yeah so right now i've been fairly fortunate the energy level is still really high um we'll see call me in a couple days see see if i agree but right now i i haven't had to combat that too much which is nice
1: i I like how you've said just Making it your own, really, and we talked a little bit before we started recording about Mm -hmm. social media, and you you had the great advice of just this could be your enemy if you try to do all these things on the platform that you don't like. Yeah, if you're trying to be an influencer, enjoy it.
2: Yeah, or like engage in it. And again, I uh, none of these as as I I'm hesitant to even call them advice because I don't know. This is just what's working right now for me. It's just like if you just engage with these things in a way that feels fun and exciting for you, all you can do is hope it's like interesting for someone else because you only know you like i don't know what other people like yeah on, on anything
1: same as that eight minute song that you both love that's yeah. right See? He, he, we didn't was... even
0: finish it yet
2: either. i know i, <laughs> I know. called you for breakfast
1: right to, in yeah. the yeah. We we middle had, of that. Uh-huh. that's right we had
2: to eat in the middle of it and it's you guys had intermission
1: in the song because <laughs> I, I
2: was just like blank <laughs> face you know when you're watching something amazing happen yeah. for the first time that i know i'm going to watch another hundred times yeah. before mm-hmm. i even get home I'm
1: sorry uh, I interrupted that moment. For it's you. probably for the
2: best. I was going to like break down crying probably yeah. at some point. There's so many moments where I was just like, oh my God, the deliveries, it's amazing.
0: We'll get back to it yeah. after this. Yeah. So I got to airdrop you the file. Oh, too, please, this, so please do. Yeah, don't let me forget that. that
2: yeah cuz that's going to be an important part of the rest of the story
0: <laughs> but this has been the most impromptu podcast but a very fulfilling one and I'm happy uh, to hear. and my first podcast guys oh, you, you, were nice, hey. you were
1: amazing yeah. Yeah, such a natural yeah oh thank
2: you i was i was nervous about that i'm like i hope I hope I can talk still. <laughs> yeah, you,
1: were, you were great. <laughs> Thank and you. So nice to get to know you yeah. in this way. It's, it's unusual amazing. maybe, but.
2: I love, I love it. I love it. Cause now it's also, it's like this conversation is like immortalized in its own yeah. little yeah. way too, which is nice. Cause it's, this is special. This is something I'm going to tell people about when I get like tonight, I'm going to call everyone and be like, you're never going to believe how this, how this day ended up going down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you saved me a drive. I learned that the place I'm returning my equipment to, uh, you can return to any of the locations, not just the one I had to drive to. So you save me That's time. Uh, Very good everyone news. should know if you
0: rent from one long and McQuaid, perfect. you can return to any other one. There we go. I didn't know if I could if I could say the name or should say the oh, name, yeah. yes. All right, Oh yes. Oh good. Yeah, uh, this
1: was an example for all of us of just rolling with it today and ended up being just so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's open. the lesson. Roll there's the lesson. It.
0: Roll with it. So is there a drop date for the album?
2: Um, I believe huh it's september (laughs) september 20 something the only
1: question he doesn't know shoot (laughs) see i'm bad at this stuff uh
2: it'll be september 20 i think the third but i can't we'll link to it in uh in the show notes please yeah Yeah, Yeah. please do and yeah the first single simon the doubter is is out that's out now that's out now um yeah and i'm really proud of that song and and it's a good starting introduction to what Everything's going to be about. Yeah. Mm,
1: yeah. Wonderful. And where should folks discover your music? Where can we send them? And we'll include the links too, but Beautiful. always nice to say them out loud.
2: Um, the simplest place would if you just go to brennandscottfriel.com, uh, you can find all the streaming links there. Um, so whatever you prefer to listen to uh, music on, you can find it there. But I would appreciate Bandcamp. That's my favorite of the bunch. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Awesome, man. Well, so great to meet you, to share some time together and learn a bit about you really glad you were open to this spontaneous little discussion <laughs> it's so beautiful uh, yeah thanks a bunch man
2: thank you for for having me and for the food and the beverages they've really i've taken them up on every offer of every beverage because <laughs> the touring musician is like yep i'll take all those things thank you um, <laughs> we'll see so what else we got here no yeah, you're yeah. good i'm tapped out That's it. <laughs> i'm taking advantage for you on that uh thank you guys and again congrats on the studio congrats on all the amazing projects you have on the way i can't wait to see those unfold too
1: Ready? Awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. Cheers, okay. everyone. Cheers. Woo. Okay, folks, that was Brendan Scott Friel. And we are here at the Outroduction portion of this podcast episode that we recorded live at Hot Jupiter Sound with myself, Mike Ryan, my wife, Kristen Harrington, George the Cat, made a few walk-by appearances, and our amazing guest, Brendan Scott Friel.
1: That's right. Another great hang this week, and we usually use this opportunity to share any updates or news that are happening in our lives. So, is there anything that you want to talk about, Mike? Shows coming up, or all, stories to tell?
0: All of my summer shows have been uh, announced now. Yeah. So yeah, we got this Picto Lobster Carnival. Uh, we go to Frolic and Folk in Iona, the Shore Club Festival in PEI, Clogaroo, uh, doing a little acoustic thing on Dartmouth Waterfront, Blueberry Jam back home.
1: It's a wild summer coming up for us. Yeah,
0: it's going to be fun.
1: Yeah. And uh,
0: Granville Green, I grew up going to those, so it's pretty cool.
1: Where is Granville Green? Where Fort can- Hawksville. Yeah, right, right.
0: I remember going to watch uh, Wide Mouth Mason there. Nice. They were like, at their peak, at one of the kind of bigger bands in Canada at that time. and I remember I was like, 17 or so, and it's just a rock show.
1: Is it a ticketed event?
0: No, it's free. Yeah, I wondered. Yeah.
1: Cool. So you got to see Widemouth Mason for free. <laughs> a long
0: time ago, yeah.
1: Yeah, I would love to see them in high school. They were one of those underrated bands, I find. I saw them not too
0: long ago when we were playing in Toronto with the Stanfields. And, uh, well, we were in Toronto with the Stanfields, and uh, they were playing with Widemouth Mason. It was pretty random show but
1: well we've got a yeah busy summer but we always make time for for lots of fun i've released my summer programming schedule for togetherland art gallery so you can see everything that i've booked so far between now and october on the events tab on my website and uh, as we mentioned jackson weldon's going to be there on july 20th so there's tickets up for grabs for for that show and it's gonna be cool we've got a vendor coming in to sell food and we've got a projector in there we're gonna show some of jackson's early days and i think it'll just be a fun a fun time so yeah check out we've got like both of us between us lots of uh choices there and podcasts every week
0: yeah it's a a fun summer ahead
1: well let's get to it then let's get our uh, bathing suits on get out there in the rain I already
0: have mine on (laughs) you
1: live in your van
0: I do yeah okay folks uh, much love and uh, give uh, Brennan a follow online as well and uh, yeah follow his musical journey wherever he may end up and uh, yeah thanks for tuning in it means the world to us and Maybe we'll get higher than number 54 in the world, which is uh, the peak we've got to so far in uh, Eric's podcast. But we're pretty proud of that. But we're we're still climbing. We're still going for it.
1: Yeah, and all it takes is some subscriptions and reviews. And we're off like a rocket ship to the number one spot. Let's roll. (laughs) Thanks, everyone.
0: Cheers.